It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So happy you could be joining us on this December 8th, the day that this episode has been recorded and released on whatever streaming platform you are listening to this show on. So thank you for checking it out. Uh, wherever you're listening, though, please make sure you subscribe, like, uh, and if it is possible for you to rate and leave a review, please do so. I uh, have seen the responses coming in on the Apple listeners, so thank you for the love that you have shown me uh, over there. So yeah, thank you so much again for being a part of this show on every streaming platform possible. Mentioned Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart. Again, if you listen to your podcast, Google, you listen to a podcast, you can find this show. So thank you all for tuning in. And this is going to be an interesting one. So a lot to get to. There's stories that I've come across, some food things, stuff like that, that I want to talk about. The holidays are coming. Uh, There's a blog that I've been working on with work that I think I might, you know, do some of the brainstorming with with you, uh, you know, during this show as well, kind of a 12 days of Christmas thing and, and really working on this fun. I I don't want to call it a choose your own adventure, but it is a choose your own adventure. 12 days of Christmas. You, you see these monthly calendars pop up. Usually uh, a lot of shows do them for Halloween. I always wanted to do one of these for Haunter's podcast. Uh, the show I do with my buddy Zach during the haunted house seasons. Uh, so we're on a break with that now, but when we come back with that, maybe maybe I do this for Halloween season next year, but it's the idea of, I, I wanted to put together a 12 days of Christmas movie watching list, but I don't want to put together one of those arbitrary lists of like, here are five movies you should definitely make part of your Christmas watching occasions, because I do those lists, I write those blogs all the time for my job, uh, you know, and... They're fun, they're great, but they're really put together based on here's movies I love that I want to share with all of you. And that's great and that's fine and that's why I do this podcast as well is to get the word out on some movies that I love, things that I'm really into. That's kind of where this stemmed from and is, again, a show that I thank you all who have been here since day one, but the ones that, you know, if this is your first time, the show's constantly evolving and that's how shows work. So, you know... I, I enjoy putting those lists together, but listen, I could only put on that list, you got to watch Die Hard during the Christmas time. So many times a list like that. So it's one of those little 12 days of build your own adventure. I'm not going to tell you what movies to watch, but I'm going to tell you that on the 12th day of Christmas, you need to watch a movie based like this. Uh, so I'll run through the list that I've written down because I actually have more than the 12 days written down. I've been adding to this. Uh, actually threw an idea out to Zach, so it, definitely one of those. The thing that I mentioned to him definitely will make the list for one of the 12 movies you'll have to watch, but just a fun little thing I put together, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, mispronounced words of 2021 if there's time to get into that, but, but a lot of this show today actually uh, I want to spend on because I haven't watched a lot since the last time we spoke. I've, I've still been watching the Peter Jackson 127 hours, 52 seconds of the Beatles documentary, the never-ending 
Beatles documentary, which as a Beatles fan, this thing I could keep watching. I could legitimately watch 127 hours of documentary footage. Just the Beatles sitting in a studio, having conversations, watching the creative process. But I joke, it's more, it's Peter Jackson created a nine hour documentary broken into three parts. I'm about 40 minutes left in the second part, which means I'm hoping to today get to the third part because that's the, obviously the final Beatles performance ever. And I think my hope has been to finish that documentary today on December the 8th because today and a lot of this show uh, is is going to be about the fact that this is actually the 41st anniversary of uh, John Lennon being shot and killed and assassinated in New York City. And it's wild. It's wild to one think 41 years ago, a, a Beatles icon was shot and killed by a crazed fan. We all know Mark David Chapman uh, waited outside the Dakota building you know, got the autograph of John Lennon earlier, just met him, and just this weird story. And I and there's a book I read, oh man, about a decade ago now, my brother got for me. It's one of those conspiracy theory books. It's actually pretty interesting, though. Goes into the idea that Mark David Chapman was actually possessed by demons and collecting John Lennon's soul because he had sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads for the Beatles to be big. And if you do the time frame of when the Beatles blew up to when John's life was taken, it matches the timetable of all of that because that's that's the legend of the crossroads is 100% in music is 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 a thing, the myth of the crossroads. And there's a, a blues legend uh, that really, uh, Robert Johnson is the blues legend. And if you've ever seen Supernatural, I think it was the first season. It might have been the second season. It's very early on because I watched Supernatural. I started binging Supernatural when they announced, what did they announce? The Scooby-Doo crossover, I think, is what they announced. And I went, okay, I'll start watching it. That was in like season 13 so I started watching a show because of some stupid Scooby-Doo announcement, but I ended up loving it. It became one of my favorite shows. Binged all of it, but they did an episode on this, and and that became, began the whole The Crossroads Demon on that show. So Robert Johnson was the blues player. Uh, the story goes that he sold his soul at The Crossroads. Uh, the devil tuned his guitar. He became this legendary blues player overnight went on, had success, Uh, then the devil came and collected, and it was a brutal, like, he died in a room where the door was locked from the inside, and the way that he died was very much something like out of a Nightmare on Elm Street film, where it's like, this guy was clearly tossed around the room, and, and something horrible happened in here, but there's no sign of any entry or anybody even leaving the room, like, just him only in the room, So this book kind of looked into the idea that Lennon might have done that and Chapman was actually possessed and was playing the part of the collector uh, and even breaks down the fact that the building where John and Yoko lived uh, has gargoyles on it 
and gargoyles are protectors against evil and demons. So that's why Chapman couldn't get into the building. And that's why Lennon was so close to being saved because he was right outside the door of his build. Like it plays great into the conspiracy theory. It really does. It was, it was a well-written book. I wish I could remember the writer, uh, but my brother got it for me as just kind of one of those. I know how much you love the Beatles thought you might find this interesting. And I really, it was, I got it when I was still in college and it's one of the classic examples of, of at least in my life of me picking up a book that was not an assigned reading assignment, reading it and never opening up the books that were my assigned reading assignments. I did that with angels and demons as well. The, the prequel to Da Vinci code. Cause I was trying to read, I was trying to read them in order. I was trying to do angels and demons Da Vinci Code, and that was before the Da Vinci Code movie came out. I had just finished Angels and Demons, then saw Da Vinci Code, then tried to read the book and couldn't because uh, once I, I, I'm the person of, if I've seen the movie, I have a tough time then disconnecting the movie from the book, but if I read the book, I have a harder time with the movie, so it goes into why I do not like the Shining movie. I agree 100% with King's take on it. It's a beautiful Cadillac, but it's missing its engine, so it's not a scary movie to me. It's just a long, gorgeously shot film from Stanley Kubrick that plays very long and boring because uh, it's missing really the heart of what made the original book, or, or the book really, and not the original. It's not like they rebooted the book or remade the book, but what makes the book so good also is why I really like the sequel to the shining movie more so than the shining with dr sleep because i never read dr sleep so i was able to disconnect from there so i enjoyed that story but spoiler non-spoiler because unless you know the original ending of the shining book what they do in dr sleep is a lot of what should have happened in the original movie and i think is just done wonderful in the dr sleep so it weirdly tied in and actually made me feel good. And Mike Flanagan, I know was featured on Eli Ross history of horror show. And they dropped his interview, his, his full length interview in the podcast form, uh, Eli Ross history of horror podcast, where you can hear the whole unedited version of it. Cause on the TV show, you get like maybe two minutes of the conversations they have. Uh, where the podcast, you know, you can hear an hour of Mike Flanagan. Now, I think it was like an hour 40 with Mike Flanagan, but you get that whole thing. And he talks about it, how he fought to find the right balance with that. And I think he did, because as a fan of the original Shining book, I thought he brought the Shining to life in a way that I had hoped the movie would. Didn't the actual movie, The Shining, but Dr. Sleep did. But either way, I'm getting off topic. Uh, so one of those books that I just read, Loved it. Do I really think John Lennon sold his soul, soul to the devil? No, because the story went with that, that he had the dream and the dream was actually the devil telling him you're going to be called the Beatles, but you're going to spell it with an A instead of the two E's, like uh, all that stuff, all that stuff. And some of his songs towards the end were more him like, like number nine dream. I had a dream. I thought it was just a dream is him trying to admit, oh, I made this horrible mistake and my time is running out and this and that and revolution number nine uh, on the Beatles album is, is a confession as well. And it's things like I shot John and John Lennon was shot like there are secret hiddens in that. 
a lot of where you start to lose me on the like, did this really happen? Probably not. But either way, we are now here uh, 41 years later. John Lennon uh, shot and killed outside of his building. And and it is weird, though, for somebody like me who 34, you know, John Lennon getting shot was seven years prior to me even being a thought. Uh, well, I'd say six years prior to me being a thought, but seven years before I graced this earth. And how, why, why does this impact me? Why on a day like today do people who were not alive feel so connected to this? And weirdly for me, uh, there, there is actually a tie into this that I'll get to in a second on, on why it does impact me. But for me growing up, the Beatles and more specifically John Lennon's stuff from the Beatles always spoke to me. The first two albums I ever got, uh, and and this is why it's a weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna just roll this all into into one big thing because it really is a weird why it hits me and why it's always hit me after I learned about what happened with John Lennon and and being killed on this date in 1980 and also on this date. Okay, so before I get to this. Stop it, reverse it, bring it back for a second. Growing up, the first two albums that were mine were given to me as CDs. Uh, I'll go with the CDs because cassette-wise, I, I you know I, I had gotten like movie soundtrack stuff like the Wayne's World 2 cassette. I remember purchasing that when I was in Los Angeles because uh, I, I had to buy something when I was at a Tower of Records out there. So I, I purchased that because I really wanted that. But the first two CDs I was ever given have a tie into this day. And it is the fact that today is what would have been the 78th birthday of Jim Morrison, lead singer of The Doors. And The Doors' self-titled album was one of the first albums I got handed, as well as The Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So I've joked that from the time I was really old enough to be influenced by music and start finding music and artists and starting to flock to these things that I was pretty doomed because my uncle got me the Doors and the Beatles CD. So all I did for ever was play those two albums. They were in my CD player each night. I would fall asleep listening to the Beatles. Next night, fall asleep to the Doors. Next day, the Beatles. Next day, the Doors. You get the picture. Eventually, that led to, oh, I want to find more of these artists' music. I want to find more Beatles stuff. I want to find more Doors stuff. Oh, you mean the Beatles split off and did their own thing? Oh, wow, I want to hear all their stuff. But the one thing is that over the course of all that time, as I started to dive deeper into these classic legendary rock bands, I always thought it was weird that Jim Morrison shared a birthday on the day that ended up being John Lennon's assassination. I also joke because I was forever doomed because, of course, being a Beatles fan and a Doors fan meant I was just going to keep going down that psychedelic acid rock trip so, yeah, I ended up going down a Pink Floyd phase for a while, but I will not support Pink Floyd anymore. Uh, and that has everything to do with the fact that my father is Jewish. And, 
yeah, it's uh, it's 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 tough to not be able to support um, three members of that band that are not absolutely insane, but the other guy is so crazy that I cannot cannot spend my money anymore on anything Pink Floyd because I refuse to allow him to get any cash from me. If he thinks I'm worthless and I'm an unworthy person to even be alive, then he doesn't deserve my money. So I ended up going down the, that, that, that road. But Lennon's stuff with the Beatles, I, I realized that I kind of liked his stuff more. I, I really did, and and I liked his solo stuff. So uh, I thought it, I thought the connection there was weird enough with John Lennon and Jim Morrison, uh, but also at that same time that I was starting to find my musical taste. While I liked the acid, psychedelic, groovy '60s rock, classic rock, all that stuff, I also am a huge metal fan. I have two tattoos. I have an Alice in Chains tattoo, and I have a Pantera tattoo. Now, you might know where I'm going with this because what also ties this day into being a weird day for me, uh, and and just as somebody who's a fan of of artists and music, this day back in 2004 was the day that Dimebag Daryl, the guitar player from Pantera, who had just started a new band with his brother, Vinnie Paul, Damage Plan, they were out touring, they were playing in Ohio Club, and on December 8, 2004, a crazed ex-Pantera fan, kind of like a crazed ex-Beatles fan, walked on stage during their performance and opened fire and shot and killed Dimebag Daryl on stage before he attempted to turn the gun onto his brother and shoot his brother, the drummer, but he only was able to shoot Dime and killed him. And I remember waking up on the morning of December 9th because obviously it happened at a nightclub in Ohio on December 8th. So I was asleep, but I remember waking up listening to the morning show that I used to wake up listening to. Uh, I bounced back and forth between two. I would always listen to Howard Stern, but that morning, for whatever reason, I put on the classic rock station, 102.3 WBAB on Long Island, and they were already in the middle of the conversation and then they reset the conversation because they were like, man, I can't believe being at that show and how, how I would feel if the band I played paid money to see, seeing somebody get killed on stage. And I was like, holy crap, what the hell happened last night? You know, like what show did this happen at? And then that's when they did the reset and they were like, JP and Roger in the morning. And if you're just tuning in, uh, news breaking from last night, Dimebag Daryl, former guitarist of Pantera, current guitarist of Damage Plan, has been killed. And that was when I was like, holy crap. I just spent December 8, 2004 listening to Beatles music, listening to The Doors music, honoring two musicians that lived before my time but have had such a huge influence in the way that I see things, the way that I want to be in life, the way that I've shaped myself. That's why I joke with the I was doomed with classic rock because... Yeah, of course, by the time I got to college, I was like, well, you know, the doors were called the doors because of the doors of perception. And if the doors of perception of your mind are cleansed, then everything will appear as they truly are infinite. Uh, so, yeah, if that sounds like one of those, whoa. Yeah, that's what I mean by that. I got to college and I was like, ooh, I'm going to do the, I'm going to figure out what made these bands truly tick phase of my life. And I did. But I also was a metalhead. So 
it's just, it's a weird day, December 8th, but it also got me thinking, like, again, circling it back a little bit, why does John Lennon, why does this day that 41 years ago, you know, seven years before I was born, um, all this stuff, like, why does it impact me the way it does? And for somebody who never got to really experience John Lennon in, in flesh and blood or Jim Morrison in flesh and blood, but I... I had known who Dimebag Darrell was from Flesh and Blood because I had been listening to Pantera for years. I remember the day they broke up, how pissed I was because I was like, I'm never going to get to see them play together. But then I went, oh, wait, yeah, they'll have a reunion down the road maybe 20 years from now and I'll actually be older and able to go to that show. Cool. But then knowing that was ripped away from me with Dime in 2004, I think is why the Jim Morrison thing, but more so John Lennon on a day like today, uh, really hits and and hits hard because an artist that created music that is now living beyond them, but music that was created back in the 60s that I heard and instantly made an impact. The first time I ever heard Across the Universe. You know, the first time you hear that song... I remember just how I felt, you know, and just the way that it made me feel like here, let's the moment I heard that as a kid, I remember how changing this was. Slither while they pass, they slip away across the universe. I was blown away as a kid by those lyrics, and 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 a lot by John's lyrics growing up, and a lot by the Beatles growing up, which is why the documentary, again, I have loved every minute of being able to just sit there and enjoy seeing the creative minds at work, seeing the way that John Lennon and them worked hearing them dropping little lines that you know would eventually go on to be songs that they would write later at that session or were things that they were working on at the time but didn't realize they were working on them at the time uh you know at at one point during the documentary you hear them start to kind of john starting to do stand by me but eventually he would go on solo and right here he would do a cover of stand by me one of my favorite covers But again, it plays into John Lennon being a part of that and the message of hope that John Lennon has given. I say it at the end of this show, but I say it on the air all the time whenever I do my show. One of my favorite things to say when we sign off is peace and love. That comes from Ringo and the Beatles. Like Ringo's thing a few years back on my birthday at high noon, I just want you to say peace and love. But that was a thing that John Lennon was pushing back in the 60s and the 70s all the way up until his untimely death where he was taken from us so it's it's a day that yes it it's like nick you had no connection to them you didn't even live when john lennon was alive why does it impact you but again knowing what happened with dimebag daryl and knowing that i will never get to see well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons now because it's not like they can even just replace Dime. Uh, his brother, Vinnie Paul, passed away a few years back as well. Just a total one of those like, holy crap, rock star died super young. 
uh, type of situations. But knowing in 2004 that just four years prior, I was like, I'm never going to get to see this band. But then four years later, it's like, no, I really am never going to get to see this band. That's kind of how I feel today, knowing that with John Lennon not around, uh, George Harrison as well, there was never an opportunity for any of us. Uh, if if you were alive when John Lennon was was shot and killed, you know, you probably get what I'm saying. But but for some of us, like, just picture if if we still had had all four of the Beatles around when we were, you know, I'm just thinking about through the mid '90s. You would have gotten the reunion by then. You would have gotten a reunion before what ended up happening with George Harrison. Because what I I for, oh, I don't have George Harrison stuff in front of me. I forgot exactly when it was, but when somebody broke into George Harrison's place and stabbed him, that's what eventually, I don't want to say caused, but it was a contributing factor to what eventually caused George Harrison's death because of all the years of smoking and the struggling and stuff like that and then being stabbed in the lungs doesn't exactly help. So, but knowing that which is just another whole crazy thing as well that I can go in that I could probably start rambling on and on and on about with the fact that I cannot off the top of my head think of any group throughout the course of history that's come along and every single member of that group has made such an impact, such an influence in the way that the industry that they were a part of changed. The industries that their stuff was used in, changed. Like, listen, the radio industry changed 100% because of the Beatles. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The way that Billboard music is done, the Beatles. Like, the way that we keep track of these records, the Beatles. Like, the Beatles were the thing. But all four of them were magic. And that's the thing that the Get Back docuseries, documentary, whatever it is on Disney+, Plus, really well highlights is that they're all great. They are. But with all of them together, it is something just unworldly. So magical and so incredible. It's it's really hard to put into words uh, unless you sit down and watch it. And even if you're not a Beatles fan and you sit down and watch that documentary, you will be impressed with the creative decisions, the creativity, the way that they work together, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's very, it's a weird day, but it is a day to remember, again, the things that John Lennon has given us, the, 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 the music that he has provided us, the um, joy, the inspiration, because that's the other thing. He hasn't been around uh, my entire life. I, I've lived without John Lennon as an actual presence, but his presence is here. Every aspect of what he stood for, every aspect of what he had hoped the future could be, everything that he brought musically and lyrically, it's all still here. It's all right there. It's all, you know, I am he as you are he as you are me, and we are all together. You know, that is... (laughs) I am I am the walrus baby. Like I am I am, you know, it's it it sucks that we're sitting here and we're we're looking back and going wow, 41 years ago a fan 
took the life of an artist that they claim they loved. And that's where I was going a moment ago as well with the George Harrison thing. I can't think of any any group or any artist that made such an impact, but also where their own fans not just caused their downfall or created toxicity, but were so toxic and so bad that there were fans that literally decided, well, we have to kill them. Like, we have to harm them. It wasn't just the delusional, like, you, you see at one point in the documentary, the, oh, we're just hanging out outside of Apple Studio because we just want to see them. Okay, that's fine. Like, that's that's a little weird, and that's a fandom that, you know, but that's just a fandom of, like, I just want to get a glimpse of somebody. I've, I've been there before where I just want to get a glimpse of my favorite baseball player. I just want to get a glimpse of my favorite musician or actor i mean the hell that's why we go to concerts and we all rush to the front right because you want to be as close as possible to get that view to get that nowadays to get that picture back then not so much but you want to be able to have that experience as close as you do with that musician with that artist so it's a day to remember john lennon it's a day to remember jim morrison if you're a doors fan honor his birthday it's a day to remember dimebag daryl if you are a metal fan pantera fan damage plan fan like myself so december 8th has always been uh, a day in my life that has remained inspiring remained emotional uh no i as much as i joke that i cry about a lot of things i don't cry on this day uh i wasn't as emotional back in 2004 so no i wasn't crying when i heard the news about dime i i was more an angry person or or i guess I was more a jealous man. Eh, 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 eh. See what I'm doing? Uh, but I, I wasn't as soft as I am nowadays. Uh, the older I've gotten, the more loss I've experienced in life, the more kind of that life just throws at you, uh, the more I've grown to be open at wearing the emotional side on my sleeve uh, and doing a better job at keeping the more New York attitude at bay. It occasionally comes out, but not as much. But, you know, today is a day, though. Throw on throw on the John Lennon album. Throw on the Beatles album. Play your favorite Lennon songs, uh, your favorite Morrison songs, your favorite Dimebag guitar riffs. Uh, one I will definitely recommend to go check out. If you are unfamiliar with Pantera, go check out Walk. You've probably heard that guitar riff before, but also Mouth for War and five minutes alone those are three that definitely will do justice in learning uh how inspirational dimebag daryl was for guitar players just like how jim morrison was for uh poetry and uh you know i would even say poetry in music uh but john lennon as well for the uh, philanthropy work the just music the joy the happiness the message everything that he uh, really stood for and 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 tried to bring and and in the short time that he was on this planet i mean fuck he really made a difference uh, here i am i've just blabbered for 30 minutes uh just rambling on and on and on about how john lennon was literally awesome and uh it's a shame that we don't have this living legend with us anymore who was cut down 
by a fan all these years, all these years ago, 41 years ago. Crazy to think 41 years ago. But yeah, so uh, throw on your favorite Beatles album later today. Now, uh, with that said, I'm going to scrap a lot of the show today uh, because we are already 30 minutes into it. But I will talk about uh, the Christmas watch along idea. Not not watch along, but the 12 days of Christmas uh, little thing that I've been putting together. So I'm going to I'm going to write this up as a blog on my station's website, but I figured I'd throw it out here now. Uh, and, and really what this is, is this is just the idea that when we hit the 12 days of Christmas, which I'm not going to get into the conversation about it because the 12 days of Christmas, we're going to just go with starting December 13th, the 12 days leading up to Christmas, because the technical 12 days of Christmas would begin on December 25th and, you know, then run the 12 days after that, but you know, whatever. I'm not going to go into it. It's the whole little Christmas thing and the idea that that's when the wise men and the wise men actually weren't there on December 25th, but they took them you know, another 12 days to get there because after the bazaar and da, 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 you know, but hey, this ain't a religious program. All right. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not the Catholic that's going to sit here and then try and throw my Catholic guilt onto you to have Catholic guilt as well and come join me at church on Sunday. No, 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 no. We're just going to talk about the fact that starting December 13th, If you wanted to, I'm putting together a list of on day one, on the first day of Christmas movies, uh, you watch a certain type of movie. So I got a list together here. I've already got 14, uh, 14 different styles of films written on this list. It's everything from like watch a Christmas musical. Uh, so you could watch something like Anna and the Apocalypse, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, because there's a lot of music in that. Just some type of Christmas music. Heck, I would, but the reason why I'm doing this is so you can pick your own movie because I would even sit there and go, the person that's trying to tell me that Just Friends is a musical because Anna Ferris plays a musician, go for it. Have a ball with that. Me personally, I'd probably pick White Christmas, but I'm a little more of a classics type of guy. Uh, other things on here, non-traditional, that plays into my, I'm not going to say watch Die Hard if you're trying to get in the Christmas spirit, but if you want to watch Die Hard, that's a non-traditional Christmas movie. Heck, you could even argue for non-traditional Christmas movie, uh, something like Batman Returns or even Home Alone. While, yes, Home Alone takes place at Christmas time, it's kind of a non-traditional Christmas movie. So that's where you can throw like your Die Hards or your Die Hard 2. Uh, into the non-traditional category. Uh, This one I feel like, these ones that I'm telling you right now are definitely the ones that I feel have to stay. So I feel a Rankin uh, Bass production has to stay because that's your classics. That's your Frosty the Snowman. That's the ones that are airing on CBS and ABC and all those networks uh, this holiday season, every holiday season since they debuted back in the 50s. So... um, you know, you definitely have to have the Rankin Bass stuff. And here's the thing. If you're like, but I don't really, I, I never watched those. Did you see Elf? You're shaking your head yes? Yeah, you, you saw one of their productions. Because uh, his Elf costume is literally ripped off from that. And that whole opening sequence in Christmas Town in the North Pole is one of those specials. Uh, classic story. That one I might slip out just because the classic story is kind of plays into the next one. I have a version of A Christmas Carol. Any version. 
I'm going to go with Scrooged. I love Bill Murray. But you can do Muppets. You can do uh, what? Um, Picard has one as well. So, you know, there's so many versions of A Christmas Carol. Uh, then one that I'm definitely got to keep on this list. Uh, you're going to have to watch a Tim Burton Christmas film at some point. But again, pick which one you want. You want Batman Returns? You want Edward Scissorhands? You want A Nightmare Before Christmas? Go at it. Good soundtrack. I might take that one out, but again, I'm kind of... Because I feel like good soundtrack plays into Christmas musical a little bit, or you can go musical soundtrack, like Christmas soundtrack slash musical. We could maybe combine that into one. Uh, Then there's the Netflix Hallmark film. So really just find a cheesy Christmas movie on one of those networks. Uh, Of course, you got to throw a little Christmas horror into the category. Plenty of spooky holiday films to pick from. Uh, I know a lot of people just watch Krampus because last week was uh, the celebration of Krampus, actually. Uh, I know a lot of kids did not get taken, so they must have been good this year. Uh, Then another one that kind of is a fun one. You want to watch Elf again? You want to watch Christmas Vacation again? Watch an SNL alum film. Put it on. You got so many to pick from. Heck, here's another non-traditional one, but I would throw it in the SNL alum film category. I'm going to watch a little Trading Places there because I get two SNL alums and I get the brother of another SNL alum. So yeah, SNL alum film, Trading Places, baby. Perfect. Uh, Watch an animated film. Then you got the Christmas comedy. Uh, Then the last two, uh, definitely I have to find a spot for them because I've already given you 12. So this is number 13 and 14 I put on there. Uh, So this was after I had messaged you, Zach, who's listening right now. Uh, But the one that him and me came up with was the Rotten Tomato tomatoed Christmas movie Uh, Because I told him I was thinking about it, just trying to, because when I was looking at it, I was like, well, animated film, that's kind of a classic story as well. Uh, You know, Christmas musical can be in that, like, and and the uh, Rankin uh, Bass production stuff is all animated. So I was like, maybe take the animated film out because we're kind of already covering it. But put in a Rotten Tomato, tomato to Christmas movie. So I'm talking the shit. Like, he mentioned... Oh my gosh, he mentioned, uh, oh gosh, I'm sorry, uh, the Surviving Christmas, I think it was, right? That was the one you mentioned, the one with Ben Affleck, and James Gandolfini is the one he mentioned, and uh, Catherine O'Hara, and Christina Applegate. Totally tore apart by critics, but I actually adore that one. But what made me think of that was, for whatever reason, I have seen the movie Deck the Halls pop up on a lot of people's must-watch for the holidays, No clue why, because that didn't put me in the Christmas spirit. That made me hate Christmas for a good 24 hours after watching that film. And man, let me tell you, Danny DeVito making me hate Christmas because the film is that bad. Matthew Broderick making me hate Christmas because it was that bad. Yeah, I'd rather watch Christmas with the Cranks again. Uh, Tim Allen, Jamie Lee. That one I'd rather do again. Uh, And then this one I think has to stay because this is probably going to be the last day. So the countdown to the Christmas day would be your pick. Pick your favorite Christmas movie. 
So whatever your favorite Christmas movie is, watch that one. So I, I do need to just hammer out the exact dates, but uh, that's that's the list I put together so far. I know that's more than 12, but and you don't have to do it in that order. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share that, I guess, when I fully hammer out the dates, like the first day watch, you know, might, might kick it off and go like day one, watch Rankin uh, Bass Production. Boom, let's get the 30-minute one right out of the way. Day two, let's watch a good, uh, you know, let's watch a good Christmas comedy. Let's laugh. Day three, go with the non-traditional. Day four, let's get back into the Christmas spirit with a musical. Day five, you know, go with a version of A Christmas Carol. Uh, day six, psh, go with that rotten tomato. tomato. You know, like, that's what I got to do. I got to just hammer that out. And when I do that, I will share that on my Twitter, which you can find and follow, wonderful underscore radio. Uh, as well as Instagram, at Nick Wonderful. So, yeah, hopefully uh, you guys had a great time hanging out this week. Again, please rate, review, share the show if you enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as I uh, leave you today, peace and love, but I'm going to leave you with a little John Legend classic right here. It's Imagine, Peace and Love.